up, y'all? It's your cousin, Kiara. And your girl, Kiana. And you already know we are back at it again with another episode of Key Key and Key. Key. Who's that? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Celebrities on the hustle and grind, only goal in mind is moving up the list one letter at a time. Key and key. Key and key. key, and key. <laughs> All right, y'all. So, me and Kiana have a great understanding that when it comes to a lot of topics, uh, we don't always see eye to eye, mm-hmm. but we always come to a nice consensus. We're always able to agree to disagree or, um, basically we just learn from each other mm-hmm. we embrace one another's perspectives and uh, we really we learn from each other right and so um, when it came to this topic which is the topic of, of colorism and just beauty standards and all of that um i think we were surprised at how different our perspectives were mm-hmm. um obviously you know kiana is <laughs> like if you didn't know Kiana is, um, you know, lighter complected, and I'm darker complected. Um, I wouldn't call myself, I don't know what they would call me. I'm, that's not my thing. But she's lighter complected, I'm darker complected. And so our experiences when it came to colorism, or when it comes to colorism, are um, literally night and day. Ha, ha, ha. Sorry. <laughs> like crickets? <laughs> no, but they really are. And so... We had a lot of fun diving into uh, this episode. It took a lot more preparation than the others because mm-hmm. um, not only is this something that we're speaking from our personal perspectives, but a lot of times as African-American and as African-American women, we're we're already used to when we open our mouths, we don't just speak for ourselves, but right. we speak for so many. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't think that's something that we run from. I know me personally, like, it's cool. I don't right. mind being a representation for someone else. And I know Kiana doesn't mind being a representation for someone else. Mm-hmm. This isn't to say that we, um, like, everybody voted and what we say yeah. is right. Like, but we don't have all the answers now. <laughs> yeah, but this is to say that if you if you choose for me to represent you based on what I'm saying, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm open and I'm willing to it. It's really great, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with that being said, colorism for me personally, personally is not something that I grew up um, fully aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother is light complected. My father is dark complected, and um, I really didn't pay much attention to it. It just, it just wasn't a thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, even my friends growing up, my attention was more so on body image than it was on skin tone, mm-hmm. or on hair than it was on skin tone. And so it wasn't until I got a little older that I realized that colorism really was a thing. Um, and it wasn't even I didn't I didn't notice it from a personal standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, because when I did come into like being discriminated against, it was more because I was African-American, right. not because I was brown skin. Mm-hmm. And so I always viewed it as like, yo, we all together. You know, it, they discriminate against, there's discrimination against blacks, not discrimination against dark blacks. Mm-hmm. That wasn't my, I thought, you know, we're all in this together type of deal. And so, um, my experience with colorism is more so an observation experience. Mm -hmm. So it's more so of me learning from others' testimonies and um, listening to what others have to say and watching others make decisions based on color. Mm -hmm. And so um, 
preparing for this, I just like took a minute because like I said, I don't have a lot of personal experience. And colorism again is something that's uh, if you're if you weren't kind of raised aware of it or if you didn't take initiative onto yourself to become aware of colorism, it's something that you're either subconsciously um, benefiting from or subconsciously harmed by. Mm -hmm. And so um, I might have, like someone might have discriminated against me because I wasn't light complected, but because it's not what I brought attention to, then I didn't, I didn't notice it. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm brown skinned. So yeah, there's an entire spectrum that's darker than I am. Mm -hmm. So there could, I've could have, I could have been in spaces where I was privileged or I received something because I wasn't darker, Mm -hmm. but I accolade myself for other things. So I didn't credit it to that, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. And so, um, I y'all know we love ACLs. (laughs) So, um, Amanda actually said a couple of things that I really loved when it came to colorism. Starting off with her definition of what colorism was. And that's um, how the darker skin tone is discriminated against. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason that I love this definition is because um, it basically completely neglects, like, there's no battle of, like, dark skin towards, like, light skin or colorism isn't, like, the better treating the lighter skin better it's literally how the darker skin is discriminated against like Mm -hmm. i don't even have to i can literally there whether it's a light-skinned person present or not i don't want you here because you're dark Mm skin i don't want you being the receptionist of my business because i think you too black Mm -hmm. so not because i'm going to hire someone directly next to you that's lighter i just say you too black if that makes sense so um basically her definition is like whether a lighter skinned person is present or not you're going to be discriminated against because you you have dark skin Mm -hmm. and so um i really love that and one of the other things that amanda said was colorism within the african-american race um comes it's an out it's it came from an outside source so Mm -hmm. basically colorism is something that's been put onto our race um, by the oppressor, the in Amanda's words, and so um, it can root back as far as slavery, where mm-hmm. it's you know you got the right house, house slaves, slaves mm-hmm. and the field slaves, and so um, and we just adopted it, but that separation was brought on by master at the time, and it's just been carried on, mm-hmm. and so it's our job, and it's our job within our community to end it. To mm-hmm. cut it out. And so um, the last thing that Amanda said that I really enjoyed was along the lines of it being our job. She said, African-Americans, although we are not the source and the root of colorism, we are more knowledgeable about colorism than anyone else. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to opportunities being present and we are aware that these opportunities are present based on the color of our skin, it's our duty to stand up and say, no, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. Like it's our job to speak against that. An example that she gave was um, roles in media. So Nina Simone, um, or let me, I don't know how familiar you all are with with Nina Simone, but there is a, a, a film for Nina Simone and a lighter complected actress was chose to portray Nina Simone. And Amanda was saying if that was her put in that position, mm-hmm. she definitely would have declined it because she knows better. She's mm-hmm. like, I know that there's talented, darker skinned African-American women mm-hmm. who can kill the Nina Simone role like they right. could they can do it it's my duty as a light complexed African-American woman in in Hollywood to say no to this mm-hmm. and so that's how we can defeat and personally I don't think colorism is ever going to be totally defeated but that's how we can stand against colorism as African-Americans and that's how we can um 
not stand aside and be like, oh, I didn't know, or oh, well, you know, I, I love everyone, or mm-hmm. oh, color doesn't matter. Okay, well, if you're if you are aware of the problem, if you see that there's there is a problem and you're not doing anything, then guess mm-hmm. what? You are part of the problem. And so, um, I kept watching stuff, and uh, the last person I said something that I really enjoyed was Estelle. So she went on um, Iyanla. Mm-hmm. Iyanla Benzant. Yes, Fix My Life. And um, what Estelle said, I was able to relate to. She said that basically she was raised, um, you know, she's from, she's not, she's from the UK, I believe. Yeah, she's from mm-hmm. the UK. And um, she's like, colorism is still very present there. But within my family, we were not, we were just taught like all shades are black. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it doesn't matter how light you are, how dark, how dark you are, you are black. And because you are black, you are, like, there's a whole race. There's a whole mindset that's against you. And so um, she she was saying, as a brown girl, she never felt like she was exiled because she was a brown girl. Mm-hmm. She's like, yes, it was, a, it was an issue within my community. Other people did feel that, but I didn't. And that's something I can relate to. Other people felt it, but I didn't. Like, I was good. Mm-hmm. And um, her follow-up thing was, as dark skins or as brown skins, we are aware that there's a colorism issue. Mm-hmm. And so, as a community, you don't have to hide that from us. So, don't you don't have to pity us or you yeah. don't have to Try beat to around the us. bush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know that, that that's a thing. Um, there was a story, mm-hmm. uh, basically, of a, a light-skinned lady who says that she wasn't able to go somewhere because her friends were dark-skinned and she hid that from them. Like, she didn't know how to tell them. And Estelle's response was like, we are strong enough to handle that. Mm-hmm. You can let us know because... I, and I agree because that's not a representation of you. Mm-hmm. That's not a representation of your view and your mindset. That's a representation of someone else. You're just the messenger. Mm-hmm. And so let me know so I know this is what's going on. Like, this is my reality. Mm-hmm. And so my perspective of colorism from, you know, the brown, from being a brown skin um, young lady is like, yes. I am strong enough. Mm-hmm. Um, my feelings are not hurt because of a preference of light skin or whatever the case may be because I do understand that like, it is what it is. Like, colorism is here and it is alive and it does breathe. Um, there's people, there's brown-skinned people who lose job opportunities because of their skin tone, mm-hmm. um, who have, like, lower self-esteem because of their skin tone. Um and I'm very aware of that in, like, building them up and edifying. I'm, like, quicker to be like, girl, you know, you're looking, you know, fire, whatever the case may be, for a brown-skinned girl because I'm aware of that. And um, is it always right? No, I don't think so. But I do think that that's kind of like a program of society. Like, we're just amped to, like, gas you up because we're aware that there is a colorism issue. Mm-hmm. And I think um, on my perspective as being a light, light-skinned uh, woman – I grew up in a household where majority of my family was light-skinned, but I had uh, one family member, uh, my sister, who was darker-skinned, so I was more aware of, um, I don't know, skin tone was more so uh, a thing, like, in my household, Mm -hmm. just because, you know, like, growing up as uh, young girls, you know, of course, you deal with, like, self-esteem issues, you deal with um, body image and all that stuff. So just being more aware of like, okay, yes, I am. I'm a lighter skin, um, you know, young girl, and I have a sister who is darker skin. You know, like you're just mm-hmm. more aware of like maybe some of those like insecurities. So just you're just more aware of colorism. You know, so it's like when uh, 
me and my sister would go out together. You know, like people wouldn't believe that. Oh, you guys are siblings, you know. Mm-hmm. Or it's like people were always prone to like, oh, Kiana, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. But I'm like, my sister is just as gorgeous. You know, like really, I'm like, she's kind of cuter than me. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I'm like, um, <clears throat> like, I noticed that at a, at, a, um, at, at a young age, you know. And even uh, now, growing um, older, I realized that um, I think it's more um, like it's not something that's self that I like, you know, just see every day. Like, okay, skin tone, skin tone, skin tone. But I mm-hmm. do, you know, of course, like know that there is a thing called colorism. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, um, speaking personally for myself, um, but I don't think as light skin uh, people that we think that we have like a privilege over um darker tone people like Mm -hmm. we don't i don't think that light skin privilege equates to uh white privilege like i don't go into a job interview and i'm like okay Mm -hmm. cool you know i'm gonna get the job in it or i'm gonna get the job because i'm lighter tone you know like i think at the end of the day i'm black you know so like versus a white person you know the white person is probably gonna get the job versus me you know regardless of how light my my uh, skin tone is or whatever mm-hmm. the situation may be, you know. So I definitely think, um, as light as being a light skinned person, I definitely think we face a lot of um, negative like stereotypes. I would say, like I remember growing up, um, like it was a good thing to be light skinned, but at the same time, it was a bad thing to be light skinned. Mm-hmm. So I remember like carrying a lot of that weight, like man, you know, like looking at my sister, like wow. You know, I see how beautiful she is. And, like, to an extent, I kind of feel bad for, like, I don't know, I guess, like, being light-skinned because that's what, you know, that's what people... That was favored. Yeah, that's what people, you know, consider to be the best skin or whatever the situation is, you know? So it's like, man, you kind of have that burden where it's like, man, like, I don't, you know, I didn't necessarily ask for this. Like, I just want to be seen as equally beautiful, you know, Mm -hmm. as everyone else. Like, I don't want to have that stereotype of, like oh, I think I'm better than people or, oh, I mm-hmm. think I'm stuck up or whatever the situation is, you know? Because I feel like, um, you know, with, like, being a light-skinned woman, sometimes, like, you get written off, like, straight off the bat. You know, like, some people don't even give you a chance because they're like, oh, no, I already know what kind of girl she is. She's probably mm-hmm. snooty, you know? But then on the other hand, too, you have those people, more so, like, guys in particular, that pursue you only because of your skin tone, mm-hmm. you know, which also is not necessarily a benefit right. either. Um, so I don't know. I think <sighs> being light skin or the, the conversation of colorism is definitely something that I think is real. Um, I definitely think it's present. I definitely think it's something that, um, we deal with on a kind of like a day-to-day basis. And I definitely think it's something we need to work to, um, not change, well, change to an extent, but. I don't know. Address. Yeah, address, address, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I think a a great example, something that's been circulating recently, was uh, Gabrielle Union actually addressed the issue of colorism with Mm -hmm. her stepsons. And so, um, like, addressing it starting with small groups, Mm -hmm. such as your family. And so she basically noticed that the boys, um, there was a trend in the the women that they liked on social media. Mm And uh, they were light-skinned, curly hair, tiny waist, you know, boobs, but that thing. And she said, she basically said, I kept seeing the same girl over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And um, her, like, closing closing statement 
as far as like teaching them to love darker skinned women um or as what prompt her to teach them to love darker skinned women was that um it almost she said it almost seems like in order for them to think a dark-skinned woman was beautiful someone else had to say that she was pretty first Mm -hmm. so it had to be an actress or supermodel or video vixen Mm -hmm. or uh, basically someone that society had already divvied like Mm -hmm. okay she's cute now we get now we're with it an uh-huh. example of that is like kelly Rowland. yeah you know now kelly Rowland is like cute so yeah. everybody's like oh okay okay right. tika sumter's like yeah oh okay okay now i'm on the mm-hmm. wave pam and, uh tashina arnold from yeah Martin. tashina arnold now she's cute mm-hmm. so before she was just the um stereotype she's loud her attitude is bad you know mm-hmm. on martin she get she just always yelling whatever the case may be right. but now she's cute yeah. you know and so um the conversation that she had with her boys is very much so needed. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, we don't put as much emphasis as we don't put enough emphasis on how important the family aspect is and the family dynamics are mm-hmm. when it comes to our views on colorism and our views on um, just different prejudice and mm-hmm. different basically racism within our own race, different mm-hmm. discriminations within our own race. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, I think in a a family dynamic, I definitely think women face um, colorism more. And the way that um, men or young men face it more so is, like, in a dating aspect. Whereas women, we kind of, like, it's something that we deal with internally. And the guys, uh, it's more so something that they deal with, again, like, in a a dating relationship. So, like, going back to Gabrielle Union's... uh, sons you know like her teaching them like you know yes you know light-skinned women are beautiful Mm -hmm. but black women black or darker-skinned women are also beautiful as well you know and um for us growing up as you know black women and the women that have to be told that you are beautiful right Mm -hmm. exactly so we have to get that uh affirmation from you know like our mothers our our parents are saying you know like regardless of your skin tone you are beautiful yeah you know Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. And alongside with that, um, I like touched on my mother is light skin, my father mm-hmm. is darker skin. So I don't know if that plays a role into why colorism wasn't a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother's family, like majority of my mother's family is light complected. Mm-hmm. And um, my grandmother actually had a moment where um, she's just like you're not accepted like being a light-skinned woman Mm -hmm. i'm not it's like i'm not accepted by my people i'm not accepted by white people Mm -hmm. and everybody just wants to like make me mexican like that's that's where everything Mm -hmm. is going and it's just like why can't i just be me like Mm -hmm. why can't i just be an african-american woman why do i have to be recategorized based on my appearance Mm -hmm. and um she was just frustrated by it like to the point where it brought her to tears because this was something that she had dealt with her entire life Mm -hmm. and it's almost like people think it's a a compliment to say that you don't look black or people take it as a compliment to say like oh you're pretty for a dark girl or are you mixed and that's it's extremely offensive Mm -hmm. when you take pride in who you are and when you take pride in like what your ancestors have done for you what Mm -hmm. your family has done for you what you have done for you right and it's like you want you you think that i'm too good to be a part of the culture that i'm a part of Mm -hmm. and um it's like it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. and it and it is like painful in the sense because my grandmother also would look at her grandchildren like 
I have a mixture, like a plethora of grandchildren. Like mm-hmm. some of them are like complexed, some of them are brown, some of them are this. I don't want them to look at me like, well, if I don't look like my grandmother, then I'm not beautiful. Or mm-hmm. um, there's really three of us that are a little chocolate, you know. And it's mm-hmm. just like I don't want them to look at the other ones like, yeah. oh, y'all are y'all are beautiful and I'm not, you right. know. And so um, basically, the whole the whole the whole spectrum of it was. Um, I've just always been taught to love myself mm-hmm. for who I am. Um, I don't know if I... Oh, another thing was with the with the whole family dynam- dynamics. Um, I realized, and it's like I have to own up to it, that in some sense, like, I did have a colorism mindset when it came to, like, what I was attracted to. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that it... I didn't I didn't label it as as colorism because, to me, it didn't affect anyone else but me. Like, this is my preference of dating. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad is, is chocolate. You know, I want, I want my husband to be chocolate. I want to date chocolate because this is what my dad looks like. And this is, like, the great example of a man that I have. So this is, this is what I want my man to look like. And so um, I didn't ever, I never took that as colorism. I never took that as me um, being colorist or whatever the case may be. But honestly, in the preparation for this episode, that's when I was able to see, like, it's really a double standard. Like, we can look at men and be like, oh, like, you just like her because she light skin or whatever the case may be. But women, we literally do the same thing. You know, like, oh, look at this chocolate brother or, you know, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And it's an issue whatever like at the end of the day it's an issue there's no there's no problem in having a preference mm-hmm. the problem comes in when you are discriminating the problem comes in when i literally say i'm not talking to this type of man like mm-hmm. just because of the color of your skin i'm not talking to you right. no i don't doll talk i don't down talk anyone i don't um, my mindset is not like oh no if if you're not dark then you're not right mm-hmm. but a lot of times like that is the especially like the younger generation that is their mindset right so we have to have those conversations with the young men with our brothers with our cousins and let them know hey you know women of all color all shapes all sizes they all women need to be appreciated and we have to have those conversations with the young women and let them know too like yana mentioned before colorism for us is is a within thing like mm-hmm. we have to be told that we're beautiful more than we have to be told that the men are beautiful like mm-hmm. we that's not the conversation you know and to to um kind of take it back to when you were talking about your grandmother um i think i can relate as well being a uh light-skinned woman and my biggest pet peeve is when someone asks like are you mixed are you mixed i'm like why can't i just be black you know and I think what I got most from uh, your grandmother is like having that want to to um, you know like be celebrated by black women, you know, mm-hmm. and like just to feel like you are a part, you know, like and not mm-hmm. to feel like like you're you uh, separated. Yeah, you're happened. separated in your own race, you know. And it's like um, even taking it back to like slavery, you know, like. Uh, yes, lighter skinned uh, women were like in the house and they had the darker uh, skinned people on the in the field, you know, but it's like either way, like we're we're both getting raped. We're both getting beat, you know, mm-hmm. like we would we as in, you know, light skinned people, mm-hmm. we're just getting it done, you know, quicker because they had more access to us because we we're in the house, you know, mm-hmm. but they're still going to come out on the field, you know, so it's like, why? Why is there? um I mean, I know why, but why is there um, a separation, 
you know, mm-hmm. like between us as a race, you know, because it's like, I don't, it just, I don't know. It's very interesting to me. And I know like when I was younger, um, like just unintentionally, you know, like I definitely had kind of like a colorist mindset. Like I remember it would be like summertime and, you know, summertime, everyone's all excited to get a tan and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would like, of course, not like purpose, like I wouldn't like lock myself in a room or anything, but, um, I would be like, okay, like, I'm not trying to get darker, you know, like, my skin mm-hmm. is fine where it's at. I love winter time, because that's when I was really, really light, mm-hmm. you know, but, like, looking back, it's like, excuse me, looking back, it's like, wow, like, my mindset was, you know, kind of, like, straight, and it's right. interesting how that develops at, like, such a young age, you know, mm-hmm. and even, even to, uh, there's this video that recently, um, well, circulated on my timeline. I don't know about y'all's. But... Um, hit me too. Hit me too. Okay. I'm like, we, we follow each other. Right. But um, Erica Campbell uh, from Mary Mary, there was a snippet of her um, and her... She was talking to her daughter. So Erica Campbell is a lighter-skinned woman and her daughter is uh, darker darker skin. And her daughter was just talking about how, um, you know, pretty much like how guys didn't really like her skin. She really didn't like her skin tone, like her body size. Kind of just going through that whole phase of, um, you know, like preteen and trying to find mm-hmm. themselves and stuff like that. And Erica's like, no, sweetie, like you're, you are beautiful. You are beautiful. You know, like uh, boys will like you for sure. And um, her daughter's like, well, that's easy for you to say. Like you're light skin, you know, like you don't understand, you know, that the, 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 mm-hmm. um, the things that we go through as a dark skinned woman. And I just think that like to be, she's probably like. 12, 13, you know, but it's like to have that mindset already, like already, that that's yeah. already been imputed into her mind at such a young age. It's just so like saddening and like mm-hmm. heartbreaking to me because one, as a young black girl, you know, like she doesn't feel, um, you know, like loved and appreciated from, you know, outsiders, I suppose. And it's like, man, like, even though that's her mother, you know, but it's like to an extent she doesn't understand, you know, because she never had to to grow up to be um, a dark skinned woman, you know, and mm-hmm. because kind of as we stated earlier, like there's a privilege to be in light skin unintentionally, but there's no like real benefit from it. Mm-hmm. if that kind of makes sense. Um, like I said earlier, like you're not going to get a job from it, but it's a. It's a known thing amongst, you know, other black people, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. I definitely just thought that um, that clip was very interesting. And then just being me personally, like, looking back. Because, again, like, once we kind of prepped for this episode, I was able to kind of reflect back and be like, dang. You know, like, I did kind of have some colorist thoughts or, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just interesting. So for her to be able to kind of like sit and reflect and be like, wow, you know, like that is kind of true, you know, but baby, I definitely still think you're beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. like, and we're definitely still going to work on, you know, your self-esteem and, you know, telling you how much, how beautiful you are and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It was definitely an interesting. For me, the, the most disheartening part of the clip was that the perspective that she had of herself was not taught mm-hmm. um, and her believing that she was not as beautiful because she was dark skinned was wasn't something that she sat in a classroom and took notes on right. 
um, this was something that she picked up from social cues and mm-hmm. something that she picked up from uh, the media and whatever the case may be. These were outside influences. Again, back to the ACLs thing, these outside influences that um, impose on our mm-hmm. culture, on our community. So these were outside influences that imposed on the child and have her that molded her mindset into where it is. Um, the biggest, the biggest influence, in my opinion, being social media and mm-hmm. being uh, just the media, not just social yeah. media, but the media as a whole mm-hmm. and the beauty standards that the media uh, continues to portray. Uh, something that was brought to attention. I didn't notice it until I saw an article about it. But the popular show Grownish, mm-hmm. they they don't have anyone that's dark complected right. featured on the show mm-hmm. um, because I'm not sensitive to color. When I watched it, I didn't notice it. Right. But there are people who are sensitive to color. Um, maybe like that young girl who watched things just mm-hmm. to see examples of themselves and they didn't see that example of themselves. Right. And so... And to for uh, Black Panther too, mm-hmm. uh, once you look back at the cast, of course it's not something that I you know just noticed immediately, but once it was brought to my attention, there are no uh, light-skinned people in mm-hmm. Black Panther either. So... Kind right. of the same thing with that. And the, I, I believe the push on on the light skin when it comes to the media mm-hmm. is uh, just light skins tend to have characteristics that are closer to European characteristics. Mm-hmm. And we know that European, like the European look is and has been for a while the standard of beauty. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, we might see people getting lip injections, butt injections, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day... Mm-hmm. The money where what's going to sell is not only sex, but the sex within the European culture. Mm -hmm. And so the closer that you can get to that or the more appealing that you can be to that audience, Mm -hmm. the the more you're going to see of that. And so um, we actually had a really good question um, that asked us what we believe, um, what role we believe social media is playing on beauty standards today mm-hmm. in today's day and time and this was again another point that me and Kiana really didn't see eye to eye on mm-hmm. um, Kiana do you want to <laughs> share what it was that you that yeah. you felt <laughs> okay so I think um, the role that social media has played I think that um, it has made beauty standards when it comes to skin tones more inclusive um, so when I think of like makeup or like uh, Rihanna Fenty Beauty. Um, when I scroll down her Instagram page, I see women of all shades and colors. I see light skin, dark skin, Asian, literally everything, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think in that aspect, women as a whole, we are celebrated more. Um, so therefore, like we aren't really too picky when it comes to like, oh no, you know, like she's dark skin. We're not gonna celebrate dark skin women or anything like that. Like right now, we're just in a season of celebrating Darks or uh, celebrating women as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let you explain yours, and then I'll explain what I think. You, you, you want to attack me? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay, no, so that's why I think uh, social media has helped in a positive way. <laughs> so I believe that um, I don't believe social media has affected the standard of what beauty is. I believe that social media has enhanced the examples of beauty that we see. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's like your personal standard of beauty, but as far as like the society standard of beauty, I don't think social media has budgeted. Um, this is why I believe that. 
Social media is still a source of affirmation. So the main reason people go to social media when it comes to beauty is not to define beauty, but to basically be told that they are beautiful. And so if I'm still coming to social media for the retweets or for the likes or um, just to compare myself to someone and make myself feel better or worse, whatever the case may be, that's because there's still a standard of beauty that's out there that I'm trying to uphold myself to. I believe when the standard of beauty is um, improved, what we're moving towards is more of a self, um, self-acceptance. And so that means like I'm not really posting for the retweets. I'm not really posting for the likes. I'm not really posting to go viral. I'm not really posting for you to say that I'm beautiful. But I'm more so posting to affirm the next person. A good example of someone that I believe is on social media that is moving in that direction. But um, there's not enough of her for me to say that social media is really impacting the beauty standard. It's Kayla Nicole. So um, there's a young lady. Her name is Kayla Nicole. She's actually going to, she's working towards being a sports illustrated model right now and her whole motto is strong is sexy um she's tall she's she's kind of built similar to sierra um but a little more like slender but basically she doesn't have like a typical sports illustrated like thin model body and she's like i have curves and you know i i'm a black girl with curves and i like my hair weave and i'm brown and you know that's just her thing like i love myself this is how i am and the videos that she posts are not like, hey, look at me, I'm so beautiful, please tell me I'm beautiful. But they're more so of like, y'all look, I got stretch marks here, I have this hair. Like, you can do this too. And she reposts other women's videos as well that are edifying themselves. And so I think that's a great example, but there's not enough of that on social media to move that way. Um, People are still in the phase of like, tell me I'm beautiful. And um, I believe that that's why the beauty standard is not it's not being moved because we're still looking for affirmation from outside sources other than ourselves. And now my, <laughs> my rebuttal to that is I think, um, for me, I think regardless of the reason why the pictures are being posted, so let's say I am posting something for retweets or whatever the situation may be, mm-hmm. I think what makes social media a little bit more of a positive light is the response to the picture. No one knows necessarily why I'm posting the picture. You know, no one knows if I'm battling with self-esteem or whatever the situation may be. But the fact that we see, um, you know, people from all over, like social media has created a platform to where we are able to see women of all different types of shapes, sizes, origins from literally from everywhere, you know? So because of that, we are able to celebrate, you know, all different kinds of women. And when it comes to like, um, like skin tone and stuff, I don't mm-hmm. think there hasn't been, like, there's not a rule on social media that's like we don't celebrate dark skinned women, mm-hmm. we do not celebrate light skinned women, we don't so you know like it's just an all inclusive celebration of women mm-hmm. as a whole. So that is why I think social media has um, kind of like progressed a little. Uh, when it comes to beauty standards. Now, when you get into things, you know, as far as, like, body image and, like, you know, having a the slim waist, big butt, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Okay, in that aspect, it has become, um, you know, like, negative in a sense because now everybody wants that body. Everyone wants the Kylie Jenner lips that she no longer has. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants the um, K. Michelle booty that she no longer has. Um, But when it comes to celebrating women as a whole, I think social media has helped in that aspect. 
<clears throat> like, and that's that on that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, okay. I, I see where you're coming from. Um, but because that is not translated from social media to real world mm-hmm. oftentimes, I think that it's safer to say social media has its own beauty standard. Um, that's not necessarily on TV, not necessarily in the real world. Because we can celebrate it all day. I'm like, this is a nice break. Go yeah, ahead, I gotta... <laughs> we can celebrate it. We can celebrate it all day on the uh-huh. internet, and it can get all the retweets. But when it comes down to it, if that young lady, the same, um, oh, the last viral picture that I can think of is a young lady who was on the trampoline, like they did the Walmart oh, yeah. photo shoot, mm-hmm. and she was dark skin and she was so beautiful, mm-hmm. and. I believe you can still take that young lady mm-hmm. and you can take another, I don't, I can't think of another one off the top of my head, but pull them in the real world and they're still going to be facing the same colorism issues. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, and I, I'm a, an extremely optimistic person. Mm-hmm. So it's not a pessimistic point of view. It's just, I don't think social media is, is a progressive aid mm-hmm. in, in solving a beauty issue. Mm-hmm. Because it's a self thing, and you have to you have to be okay with self. Mm-hmm. The beauty standard is 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 only um, altered within an individual. So mm-hmm. when there is no beauty standard, that's when it's been improved. When there is no like, oh, you have to look like this or do like that, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, that's when we're making making strides. And on social media, I hear you, and I can say, okay, cool. That I think that that barrier is being knocked down. There mm-hmm. is there social media as long as it's popping, it's gonna get a retweet. Like mm-hmm. as long as you're confident about what you posted, really as long as you got a little clout, like it'll get a retweet. That's more of the standard, like clout retweet. But in the real world, that's that's just not the case. Still, it's it's just still not. So um, I would like to disagree. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and the reason why I'm disagreeing because. I'm like, we just went to Black Girl Magic festivities, you know, mm-hmm. the Essence Festival. And with that, um, thousands, thousands, thousands of um, black women, you know, mm-hmm. th- different shades, different shapes, different sizes, all that, you know. And this is going against um, your, like, it's not celebrated or it's celebrated on social media and it's not celebrated um, like in the real world. And I'm like, think of how many compliments we gave out. Think of how many compliments we receive. Like, on a regular basis, I feel like there's compliments or like there's exchange of uh, compliments. You know, maybe not necessarily every day, but mm. you know, more than um, more than usual, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. I definitely just think it's more. I think it's celebrated more. Now, in no way am I saying social media has, like, completely mm-hmm. dissolved the idea of, like, colorism. No, I don't think that. But I do think it has made it more inclusive. Um, I think it is. Um, but granted, too, I am on the outside looking in. But I do think um, the same energy that is on social media is portrayed off of social media as well. And I think, okay, I think the result of, like, gassing each other at the essence is uh-huh. not from social media. That's okay. not that's not a social media progression towards uh-huh. towards beauty. And, it, like, people who come to essence, mm-hmm. like, that's a certain crowd that you attract to that particular event. And those people are more likely to be edifying of one another. Uh-huh. And so um, okay. I don't think that's mm-hmm. a result of social media. Mm-hmm. And I also think that... 
again, um, the the women that were on platforms, like it brings you back to what Gabrielle Union said. Mm-hmm. Like these are these are brown skinned women that everybody has already agreed mm-hmm. are attractive, and so we're all just gonna go with it. Like mm-hmm. this woman is attractive. Let's just agree. Um, and it's always the case with women. Mm-hmm. But with men, it is definitely uh-huh. the case. Yeah. Uh, and not all the time, but just right. definitely, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'll say even um, your feeling of progression, like, related to what you said earlier, might mm-hmm. be more towards, like, a more feeling accepted. Right. Like, I feel like there's not more of a barrier yeah. uh, with light-skinned women. Like, I feel more included at Essence. Like, mm-hmm. we were all just like, oh, yeah, you're beautiful, you're popping, you're mm-hmm. this. Um, and for me, because I don't have I don't have a personal mm-hmm. attachment to it, it's more of an observation. And I'm just like, from observing, it's still like, I, let's leave Essence and just right. go to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Like, let's leave us being in Essence and just go to like walking mm-hmm. on bourbon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like that experience versus yeah. the experience within Essence. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's why I think social media is not an aid. And the women that were gassing each other, I think that's more of a, uh, like, you included, me included. That's more of, like, what I'm saying, an individualistic, like, Confidence. shatter. Right. Mm-hmm. We've shattered the beauty standard individually. Like, mm-hmm. I can look at a light-complected woman, a dark-complected woman, a yellow woman, a red woman, a blue woman. And if she feel if she looks like she feels good, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell sis she looks good. Right. If she looks like she doesn't feel good, I'm going to tell she looks good so she can feel good. You know? Right. That's a that's an individual thing. So mm-hmm. no, I just don't think like I just don't think social media is adding anything <laughs> positive to beauty. I just don't. I don't. Just me personally, I don't. But again, we right. can agree to disagree. Right. I'm I like, this is what makes us key. And right. Key. We definitely we have agree our own to disagree. Personal. Right. We gonna get off the podcast. Right. Like, Laying down like another thing. <laughs> right. I didn't get to say it on the podcast, but right. I did got one more thing. We're gonna to run say. the episode back next week. Like I knew I forgot to tell you something. Yeah. But no, honestly, like it's beautiful. It's like really, really great to agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. Another question that we got <laughs> that um I don't know, we haven't really talked about this one together, mm-hmm. so I don't really know what our stance are. Mm-hmm. But um it's somewhat related to the topic. Um, but it was a really, really good question. Mm-hmm. So uh, we wanted to make sure we included it. I mean, it was kind of long, so I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, it was geared towards culture appropriation. Mm-hmm. And it's saying, what's an issue with culture appropriation when this is America? Mm-hmm. Like, we're considered a melting pot. We're considered diverse. What's the problem with an Hispanic wanting to do braids or an Asian American wanting to do braids if this is considered the African American culture, but mm-hmm. this is America and I like it and it's just me like wanting to to do it because I like it. Right. I don't understand what the issue is. Mm-hmm. You want me to answer? Or are you gonna you gonna go for it? Um, I think I think I have an answer. Okay, like I'm ready to buzz in. Okay. Um, what I think. The what I okay, where I think cultural appropriation comes into play is when the culture you are like quote unquote appreciating appropriating is not appreciated. Oh, you said a quote yeah. unquote appro- okay, okay, right. okay. I'm sorry, <laughs> like I'm listening hard. I'm sorry, <laughs> um, that you are quote unquote appreciating, but you don't necessarily like. You're not for those people of mm-hmm. that culture that you quote unquote appreciate, you mm-hmm. know. So I can't be like um, trying to wear like uh, a kimono 
but I don't like Japanese people, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, if I'm going to, uh, y'all can't see my fingers, but if I'm going to quote unquote appreciate a culture, I need to appreciate the people of the culture as well. Mm-hmm. And I agree. Um, that's That was my answer to that 100%. Um, <laughs> You're like, actually, you stole my answer 100%. So, <laughs> no, I'm being honest. Like, there's not much to say, but there's a difference between c- culture appropriation and culture appreciation. Mm-hmm. And um, you just need to make sure that this is something like I'll, I accept the people and I accept what the people do. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. America, yes, we are very diverse. Um, it is a mix and pop. But the thing about the diversity of America is you have a lot of different um, ethnicities and races that are proud of their culture mm-hmm. and that um, they came over to America or were brought into America or just raised in America mm-hmm. within that culture. And that's what they have to hold on to right. them like from their culture. So it's very prized and very... Um, like they could be possessive over it. So it's nothing to get offended by. If right. you really are um, appreciating the culture, you're not quick to get offended by the culture being like, hey, 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 you know, what yeah. do you do that? Because if, if that's your intention, you want to learn and figure out, okay, so why is it that, why is it a problem for me to do this? Mm-hmm. Or um, like the, the person who sent the question in, this sounds like someone who has a sincere heart mm-hmm. towards like, no, I really do appreciate a culture. I want to understand, why can't I do this if I like this, that, and the other? Uh-huh. Okay, this type of eager, um, like, this eager behavior, this, like, seeking of knowledge, that's what makes it seem like, okay, so you really do appreciate our culture. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not just making a, a fun of us. You're right. not just making a joke of it. Um, you're not about to put braids in your head and then be like, girl, call me Bonquiqui. That's offensive. Yeah. You know, this is something that we hold near and dear. Mm-hmm. And so... um. I believe that that's where the issue is. So, right. so like Kiana explained, like, oh, okay, this is the difference. But the issue that the cultures have on it, it have towards it, is this is what we have. Like, right. this is us. This is this is ours. This is how we represent who we are. This is how we honor where we've come from. And so, you, it's like you didn't earn those stripes. Yeah. Like, how are you able to just do this, that, and the other? Mm-hmm. Like Rachel, y'all know Rachel. Like, she's mm-hmm. a, a a whole example of yeah. Yeah, you 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 some like you say you appreciate the culture, mm-hmm. but your actions towards the culture for some people are extremely offensive, yeah. and so um, <laughs> you should be fighting to figure out well why is this offensive mm-hmm. or what I what did I do to hurt instead of like fighting yeah. to prove I deserve to be here you know this that and the other when you hurt somebody's feelings you don't say. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry your feelings is hurt. You know, you say, right. oh, if you're sincerely sorry, I apologize. You know, what is it that I did? Yeah. You know, I don't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's something very important to keep in mind when it comes to appreciating a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that you're not offending. And sometimes, like, I know my people, we be we boss up over anything. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you are offending, just figure out what the problem is and how can we see eye to eye. You know, what can I do differently? Mm-hmm. And I think another thing, too, uh, don't, like, try to take something from another culture and then try to rename it and, like, don't mm-hmm. try to gentrify stuff, you know? So don't mm-hmm. take, you know, box braids and be like, oh, these are, um, I don't even know. Like, these right. are, you know, whatever. I'm mm-hmm. not even about to say your makeup name. But I think that's where um, a lot of the, the um, issues, like, come from. 
So, like, thinking of, I'm, like, without diving too deep into uh, <laughs> the conversation, mm-hmm. but thinking about, um, like, the Kardashians. So, they get a lot of backlash um, because they take a lot of things from not just black culture, but different cultures and try to, like, adopt it to make it something, you know, new. And it's, like, mm-hmm. what do y'all do for these cultures that y'all are taking, you know, besides right taking, you know braids and making it into something else right. trying to make it into some like high fashion whatever you you know you mm-hmm. want to call it you know when so, this would be an awesome opportunity for you right. to actually shed light on this exactly. culture for other mm-hmm. people to see that this culture has something really great to offer you have right. so many followers use yeah. your following for a good reason for a culture that you appreciate right. so much mm-hmm. exactly I'm like and that is the tea on that <laughs> <laughs> okay um All right, y'all. So let's go ahead and roll out the carpet. Kira, mm-hmm. what you got for us this week? Um, this week, I just want to encourage you all to uh, self-educate. So before mm-hmm. you go out there and you just start talking and running your mouth mm-hmm. and um, just doing all kinds of crazy stuff, mm-hmm. before, you, before you walk the carpet, make sure you self-educate. Pick up a book read have a conversation listen Mm -hmm. um that's what i want to leave you all with this week self-educate that's really good thanks (laughs) what about you uh (laughs) sorry i always forget to ask like i'm over it at this point (laughs) (laughs) i really am i was laughing just because i was like wow that was really good but um for me i'm just going to say i just be open-minded with people Mm -hmm. um but situations like this, like, things work better when people have, like, open minds and, like, aren't always so close-minded to, mm-hmm. like, not hearing other people's opinions. So I definitely think it's important to be open-minded, hear people's opinions, and um, educate mm-hmm. when you can. So. Yes. We love y'all. Love y'all. This is a song for every girl. Ever been through something. I know y'all didn't think we were going to leave y'all without telling you how to get on the list, did you? Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher at Key and Key. That's K-E-Y-A-N-D-K-Y. And you can also go ahead and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Key and Key. Now, if you're looking to keep up with our personal pages, you can go ahead and follow my girl Kiara on Instagram at Kiara Flag. That's K Y A I R A F L A G G. And she's also going to be on Twitter at underscore Kiara F. Now, if you're looking to follow me, Kiana, you can go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Kiana Pratt. That's K E Y A N A P R A T T. And I'm also going to be on Twitter at two underscores Kiana. All right, y'all, make sure y'all keep in touch. Love y'all. When you believe in you, who are beautiful, yeah you. Who are brilliant, yeah you. Who are powerful, yeah you. Who are resilient.